Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us, we have Matthew Miller of Sweat 440. Matthew, what is going on, sir? How are you today? Doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. I am I'm incredibly excited to have you, and, and this is a little bit of a, a unique situation to how we typically host the podcast. Sweat 440 is what is now a franchise, but for people who aren't familiar with the branding, Matthew, give us a little bit of, of context here. When you describe Sweat 440, what do you tell people? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Sweat 440, like you said, is now a franchising business, uh, but at, at the core of it, it's, it's a group fitness concept um, and very much in the same kind of uh, genre as like an F45 or an Orange Theory. Uh, it's a boutique fitness startup. Uh, it's a hit-based circuit training class with a couple of unique principles that uh, kind of qualify it differently in the market. Um, so one of the niche concepts that we have is that we start a new small group into the class every 10 minutes. So our hashtag is never late. You can literally never be late for one of our classes. Uh, so we have rolling start times uh, to enhance the convenience for people to join the, the group fitness gym. Yeah. And so I'm interested in, in the inception of this. Typically sure. the origin stories on this thing are, are helpful for other people to hear. Yeah. Take us back to... Not necessarily the day that the doors opened on the first location, but the idea, when the idea popped into to your and the founder's head, yeah. what was going through your head? What was sort of the goal at the outset of this? So I, I've been in the fitness business for 20 years and I was doing personal training for uh, a solid you know, 20 years before this ever really started to come to, to pass. And uh, if you recall, really like in the early, late 2010, 2011 timeframe, that's when group fitness really started to kind of make its mark. It's uh, when Orange Theories and Berries and F45s really started to be popular. Um, and so around that time, a lot of my personal training clients kept coming into me. Uh, they were doing these offshoot classes as, as a part of like a, you know, as a supplement to the personal training that we were doing. And they would tell me their stories about how they were having a hard time getting into the classes they wanted, or they were getting charged for classes that they weren't attending, or uh, you know, their favorite instructor was booked out and they had to like book out week in, weeks in advance. They were just telling me all these pain points that they were having. Um, and so I, you know, I thought about it for a while and I, I put pen to paper and uh, I, I tend to come up with ideas and most of them are terrible. Uh, but this one, I, <laughs> I went to, I went to a few of my trusted friends and said, Hey, I've, I've got this idea. Like, what do you think this is? And, uh, to a person, everyone said, yeah, that's, that's really smart. You should, you should support that. Um, so I had something lit a fire under me and I, uh, decided to take that business plan to, uh, to my, my, who is now my co-founder, business partner, Cody Patrick, who's our CEO. And I said, hey, look, I've, I've got this idea um, and this is kind of what it looks like. Uh, would you be interested in partnering with me? Uh, and he did. And he said, yes. And next thing I know, he's like, hey, I've got my loan. Do you have yours? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think we're actually doing this. <laughs> so, um, so I was like, yeah, let me go grab a loan real fast. And so I was able to do that. We, we put our money together and it wasn't much. And we basically opened the doors with really no common sense of what we were doing. Just, we had a really good idea and we yeah. were, you know, two established business owners uh, previously in, in Miami Beach and we were able to, to get really good support from our community. And uh, that's kind of how the whole thing started out. That was in 2018. Yeah. And so quite an evolution from 2018 through where it's now, it now but yeah. at, a, at a certain middle ground there there was this little pandemic of, of sort yeah. how did uh how did you guys handle that what was that let me ask a better question what yeah. was the effect of that how hard were you guys hit being a, a group training facility yeah uh extremely hard i mean it's you know we opened up in Miami beach and it was one of those things where it was lightning in a bottle and it took off really fast um i i think by the third or fourth month we were we were rocking out really good membership and we had no idea what we were doing as far as marketing and whatnot goes. So, um, so that first studio led into a second studio, which also 
was insanely successful. Uh, and then we moved to New York uh, and opened up a couple studios there that uh, were, or one studio there that was starting to do really well right before the pandemic. So you can imagine that you've created this, this really like great concept and this really great idea and you've got it off the ground and it's going really well. And all of a sudden, boom, yeah. it's squashed like a fly. And, and New York was probably worse than Florida was. Yeah. Well, they were, I mean, yeah, it was all bad. Uh, I mean, yeah, my, that's, it, was, Florida, yeah, it was not good. Florida rebounded faster, but it still suffered the same consequences. It was basically lights out for a yeah. period of time. Now yeah, that you really, are able to operate with some some level of normalcy, I assume across the locations. Yeah, yeah right I would say you. I would say we're we're back to normal across the board. Okay. Uh, even our I was I was just actually in New York and our New York studios are functioning very well. Good, it's a rebound. Our industry yeah. has optimism somewhere at least, and so yeah, now that that you can operate with that normalcy, you mentioned. At the outset, at least, we had very little idea of what we were doing for marketing. What's been working for you lately, post-pandemic, from a marketing standpoint, to get some people funneled back into these studios? Absolutely. So uh, we do a really great job of SEO driving. Uh, We have a company that we work with that uh, just does a phenomenal job of SEO driving. So the majority of our our leads come through SEO uh, or or PPC, or I should say the majority. Uh, SEO, PPC, and word of mouth, and referrals probably actually the majority of the stuff that we get. But uh, um, the SEO is, is a huge portion of what we do. Yeah. And so I think uh, an important point, especially in the fitness industry, an important point for us to establish is the idea of tackling that in house versus outsourcing it for you guys. How does that look? Do you work with some sort of third-party company or, or are you guys heading this on yourselves? Yeah, no, we, we do. We work with a third-party company that, that manages our, our Google SEO and our, our website and, and all that. So um, we've been able to, to navigate that really well, actually. Uh, and uh, the, they, they handle our PPC ads on social media, why not too? Okay, and so we're getting leads from people searching for something within this category and and hopefully increasing our ranking that way. Sure. You mentioned we're getting gyms near me is the, is the search engine, which is competitive in in the markets that you play in. Yes. Super competitive, but uh, we've, we've been really good at honing that in. Okay. And so we're, we're getting leads through SEO. We're getting leads through word of mouth, as you mentioned, which is fantastic. We want to take all of those leads. And then you mentioned the the pay per click aspect of it. Is that, Google, is that social media, some combination of both? More social media. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Got it. That's, that's the majority of it. Okay. And so all of these marketing leads coming from whatever their various source, walk me through a typical sales process, Matthew. Leads are just leads, and, and it doesn't mean much to a business until that person is signed on the dotted line and paying. Yeah. Walk me through what happens once somebody reaches out interested to the moment that they sign up. Absolutely. So um, we've we've done a really good job of, of setting that process up. I believe there's always room for improvement. Um, what what we believe is that the first time guest experience means more than any kind of like sales pitch you can do, right? So if the person feels welcome, if they feel at home, if they feel that they've got a valuable experience out of it, then you know they're going to end up buying a, a membership more often than not because they're there for a reason, right? Um, so when somebody comes in through be it a referral or a PPC or a marketing ad, our, our most important thing is that when they get through the door, we, we greet them warmly. We give them a full explanation of how things are working, um, and, and what to expect during the workout. And we pass that off to our coaches so our coaches can know to give them a little bit more attention and to, to walk them through and guide them and make sure that they're supporting them the entire way. One cool thing that we do is, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but we have TV monitors that show all the exercises that you're at. Okay. Um, so it, operationally it runs a lot smoother because you don't need a thousand coaches on the floor to, to distribute yeah. this workout right yep. um, but on each exercise that you run through in a circuit your name populates off of there so if, if you and i were the first exercise it would say joe and matt on the screen so as the coach is walking by they can they got a 50 50 chance of getting it right right so once <laughs> yeah. it's your first time your name would be in a different color so uh, gotcha. They'll know Joe is a first timer. Let's give him some extra, some extra time. Yeah. Uh, so that portion works really well, and then it's just a matter of, of 
giving the right pitch at the end. Um, after the class, after you're the saying class. there's a trial class and then we have that conversation. Right. Everyone, everyone gets that free class. Um, okay. And I, you know, like I said, everything is, is still evolving a little bit. I will say the one pain point that we have um, is because we're not a traditional, you know, hour, it starts on the hour, ends on the hour type of class. Right. Where you've got a front desk staff that checks everyone in and then twiddles their thumb for 45 minutes until the class is over. That's really not how our system works. We're constantly checking people in. People are constantly coming in and constantly going out. So that, uh, you know, tough to catch a moving object kind of thing or tough to stop a moving object kind of thing is, is one thing that we're really working on operationally. Uh, our numbers are still really good, but it could be better. And so one, Always room to improve. one, one thing that we realize is that uh, the, the, the catching them on the way back out is one of the things that we're, we're still kind of, you know, trying to hone in on. Yeah. I think conventional wisdom in our industry suggests that at least we need to sign them up that day, right? Emotions are high. Sure. We're, we're ready to, we're ready to pay. Can we nurture them and, and get them signed up at a later point? Certainly. Yeah. But that it sounds like what you guys are working on is, is getting the deal closed at that moment. Now, let me ask you this because who handles that is important. Is this the coach? Is this front desk staff? Do we have dedicated salespeople? Who's right. sort of heading that process up? So we have a dedicated manager and assistant manager that cover the majority of the hours that we're open. Uh, I do want to mention that we do have a call center as well that mm -hmm. handles a lot of the post-session nurture if it doesn't convert at the Got time it. of the session. Yep. So, yep. Um, within our CRM and within our call center, uh, acting upon the CRM task request, then those, those persons that don't purchase are still getting heavily you know, touch points afterwards to follow up and see how they did. Um, so that's trying to keep things full circle is, you know, that portion of it is trying to make sure that they're, they're catching something afterwards. And, you know, during your, your marketing funnel, clients can fall off at, at any given point in time, right? It could be at the time they sign up to the time they claim the class, but don't book it to the time they book the class, but don't show up. So all of our CRM touch points are set up to be able to catch that person should they fall and boost them back into the funnel. Yeah, I think that's important. And, and like you talked about, there's there's any number of titles that people put on it, but the inefficiencies at every step, we need to make sure that we're plugging holes along exactly. the way. Yeah, right? it's, there's it's a lot of that support to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. And, and it sounds like the technological investment on the fulfillment side is is probably pretty significant for you guys to be able to do all of this talk to me before we get into any kind of big picture growth conversation talk to me a little bit about retention now that like we said before now that we are able to operate we can't use the COVID excuse anymore right what what plays into membership retention most for your yeah. facilities Absolutely. And I mean, you said you hit the nail on the head. The, the client you retain is more valuable than the client you have to go out to get. Right. Um, so retention plays a huge role in what we do. And, and I think that the majority of what the retention that we offer is from just phenomenal guest experience and mm -hmm. our staff being that friendly, motivating staff that is there to support and to be a part of that. Um, I mean, we do a few things uh, from a community side of things as far as like charity work and uh, community events for our members and uh, you know milestone rewards when they hit certain number of classes and, and things like that so those are all ways to, to build that community and to build that uh, that you know that culture that people want to be a part of um, and that leads to retention more often than not yeah Matthew I want to I want to take a step back all from all of this our, our conversation so far has been where do we get leads how do we convert leads how do we keep them sure but in the bigger scheme of things you mentioned, at least in the short term, we're looking to, to sort of work out some kinks in our sales process. But as you move forward and, and thinking about the growth of Sweat 440, not even from an individual location standpoint, but the growth of the brand and the company, yeah. what do you perceive as some potential challenges or some potential roadblocks here moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know, we've got a great corporate staff. Like our our CEO and our, our HR training director and definitely me are, are really doing a strong job 
Um, one of the things that we're going to have to do as a corporate structure is, is build out our corporate you know, organizational chart a little bit more to be able to handle um, and support these new franchisees that are coming in. Because ultimately the franchisee is our customer. Um, and, and that's who we need to, to really be able you know, to show up for. Um, so I wouldn't call it an obstacle as much as it is an opportunity uh, for growth. Um, I, th I think that uh, that portion of it's really like where our, our headspace is at right now. Yeah. And that conversation is an exciting one. And you, you labeled it as an opportunity, not so much an obstacle. But in the big picture here, I'm sure that you're biased, but where do you see this business going five years, 10 yeah. years from now? Absolutely. So, I mean, look, I, I think we have a great concept and I think that we put it together in a way that is uh, approachable for the, the customer. It's uh, accessible for the franchisee. Um, and, you know, our, I don't want to get, you know, our, over our skis here, but I think our growth pattern could be something in the neighborhood of a, an F45 or launch theory. Um, and yeah, you're right. I am biased. <laughs> so uh, I think in the, the short term, our, our focus is on uh, getting these studios that uh, our current franchisees have, have you know have purchased, uh, getting helping them get open, uh, helping them to succeed. And then once we get that that 20 or, or 30 studios and get those ones successful and get those ones profitable and get them talking about how great of an experience it has been to work with with our Swift 440 corporate staff then that'll lead to more franchise sales. And I think once we get to 20 or 30, then it's kind of hopefully that. A hundred, 200. I don't know yeah, what the, yeah, what exactly. the ceiling is. Hopefully it's that, that big snowball effect. That, uh, yeah. It's over the, edge. the conversation within franchises like this and growing brands. I think you're beyond the, the proof of concept phase and it's, it's such an exciting middle ground now to yeah. get these initial ones you know the individual franchise owners face to face there's mm -hmm. there's so much touch point and now it is it's it's let's get some momentum and let's keep this thing rolling and so yeah. it'll be exciting i, I want to stay in touch with you and we'll have to get you back on because i'm sure there's a million things that we didn't get to touch on within our conversation today but before we wrap up our conversation matthew why don't you tell people where they could learn more about Swipe 440 yeah. is there. What's the best website? What's the best social media? Where can they go? Sure. I mean, so we have both. Uh, the website is just swept440.com. Uh, and Instagram is, I guess, Instagram backslash swept440. Uh, and those are, that's our corporate uh, Instagram. Uh, but uh, the website's always the best. And if they're interested in franchising, there's a, a button on there to click to, to get more information about franchising as well. Perfect. It's, it's been a bunch of fun having this conversation. I'm excited to see yeah. what the future of this is and, and, where that if you can get, catch lightning in a bottle again like you did pre-pandemic so i wish you nothing but the best i really really appreciate your your willingness to contribute here and like i said we'll have to get you back on down the road looking forward to it enjoy it Jeff. Okay. Thank, you. thank you to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model click the link in the description fill it out our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Launch Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Tyler Kent with Dog Pound KC. Tyler, what is going on, man? Happy Thursday. How you feeling, brother? Dude, feeling good. Got a little break in the day. Figured I'd spend it with you guys. Share, some, uh, share some fun stories and knowledge. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we appreciate you being here, Tyler. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, before we dive in to the nitty gritty of what you have going on here with Dog Pound KC, you know, first, we want to give you the floor, man, and, and go ahead and give the viewers a little perspective. 
So in your words, Tyler, how would you explain Dog Pound KC and what you guys do? So it is a, right now it is a, it's essentially like working with the trainer, but it's a team training group classes. It's not like you would say CrossFit. I'm not a fan of a lot of the CrossFit stuff. So I trained for 10 years privately, and this is what I would recommend and structure for somebody that I wanted to work with six days a week. And we kind of offer that affordable price. So we're getting the frequency, our class schedule, it's really following a like, a, so if you think about it, it's Mondays and Thursdays, it's custom built for the best results. Mondays, Thursdays are leg and booty, Tuesdays, Fridays, upper body, and then Wednesday, Saturdays at core and cardio. And with that frequency, you're really going to yield the best results based off the literature. So, you know, I'm really tactical with how this is set up. It's been a dream of mine. So um, it's pretty much like team training, but also personal training. And it's just, you know, how training is it's expensive. So this allows us to provide that service for people. Uh, yeah. Walks and pass. I gotcha. I gotcha. That That's awesome. And I think, uh, Honestly, a lot of people kind of lose sight of, of how beneficial this, this semi-private approach can be. And I think it's awesome for the, the client and for you, right? As financially and for the experience. Oh, yeah. um, and so uh, kind of diving into the bare bones basics here, uh, Tyler, I mean, how many members are you serving currently? Uh, right now, so we have about active 180. Okay. 180, and um, the, the pricing is a little bit higher than a gym membership per se. Um, but yeah, we're doing pretty, we're expanding pretty quickly here. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you, I mean, everybody has a different approach, but for you guys, what's been the best method to get new people through the door? Oh, marketing. So I spend, there's a lot of blank time in the day that you can make for yourself as an owner, Very true. but that time is I spend two hours a day creating content, videos, marketing, strategies. And it's kind of funny in an area like this where a lot of gyms don't promote. The real question that you, you have to ask yourself if you're going to do a gym is how many gyms are they going to drive past to come to you? And with marketing, my tactic is it's just like those annoying commercials you see. Anybody in this area, they're going to be like, there's that guy that shoots all those videos and shares free tips. They're not going to know about the four gyms they might drive past tucked away. Um, so that's really the goal with us and me is just, it's all about marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So what separates I, you? Yeah. A hundred percent. I can also tell, I mean, I think one thing that benefits you too, man, is your personality. I don't think you can, you can't oh, yeah. fake that, you know? Number one, <laughs> number one, I, I love marketing. It's fun. I like, I like creating videos, uh, but I care. I feel like I care about everybody here. I care about everybody being successful more so than just um, going into a gym or working with a trainer. Uh, it's about the people and the service at the end of the day. Um, but yeah. the marketing is definitely, you can have the greatest service. If you're not marketing properly, you've got really no shot. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think that you you and I guess the approach that you take is, is something that I think a lot of people kind of have to understand, right? You, you didn't start to be a marketing professional, but you kind of need the marketing to kind of leverage, oh, yeah. you, right? And I think that's so important that you, you see the value in it and it pays you dividends, right? So and I think that's really where, where I think a lot of viewers can kind of see here and, and get the benefit from it and, and kind of understand like they should take that approach as well. So um, kind of moving on here, Tyler, I think, you know, you said you're at that, that 180 mark, right? So right around there, um, I mean, realistically, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, how much higher, how much higher can you go? So, and then, so we run four classes a day, uh, right now, after the two year, two and a half year mark, we're probably the busiest team training gym in this area. The problem is, is when I started a little backstory, I privately trained for 10 years and Going into this, I was broke. Like uh, when I started, I got the opportunity. I had somebody that was willing to invest, but at the time I was so broke, I was sleeping next to a space heater at night because I couldn't afford my gas. Um, wow. I couldn't spend any money. And as a trainer, everybody that's trained knows it is up and down. That's how I started marketing is I stopped working on a commercial gym, went private. And you think people are going to cut, you have to generate leads. So 
I had a great marketing background, but you get, you booth reading as a trainer, it's essentially you pay a club owner money and you bring your clients. Well, I was doing that and it's very situational, very luck of the draw. So when I started, I actually leased the only spot I could afford. It's 1500 square feet, um, which is small. At 5 a.m., there's four stations outside and this place looks like uh, a rock concert. Um, so the capacity right now, I'm not capping it because I will always come up with something to fit, but there is no limit to growth. It's just how much size. And that's why we're kind of going to build a new gym for key card, but also maintain dog pound as it is and continue it to grow as a secondary entity and source of income. And it's something I love to do is work with larger groups of people. Um, yep. but we're kind of stuck with the the size of our facility really right now it's becoming like people are working out outside then they rotate back inside um and it's a it's a pretty good size spot but you can outgrow stuff pretty quick if if people spread the word yeah i agree i agree right it's a testament to how good your fulfillment is and i think yeah. it'll continue to grow right um and so now and i know this from experience too tyler i think being at anywhere over 50 clients is a lot there's a lot to manage. How do you track? How do you manage the metrics for, for this many people? I mean, what, what, what do you use? How do you, how do you do it? Do you use pen and paper software? So, what I, works for you? so I have Facebook is a cool little way that, so we have a group page for just our members and everybody here is on an eating program. I actually go to the grocery store with groups of new members every Tuesday night and teach them wow. the principles of lower carb because 80% of their success is going to come from their eating. Um, but the cool part is, is it's almost like a family. Sometimes your best asset is these people becoming friends and working together um, and then communicating and then communicating on a larger platform like Facebook. Um, it's not like I have a group text with 180 people in it, but we've got little groups of people that all bring other people in and our communications through my POS system, obviously, uh, but as well as Facebook, Mark, Facebook, we created a page just for the members. And if we want to communicate anything or show a uh, low carb or something that's going to fit on your guys' eating program, the group will actually do it. And I don't have to do anything. It's just a platform for them to maintain that closeness. It almost feels like a family when you do it right. Um, and a lot of times these members will be posting stuff in this members page about recipes they like, foods they found. It almost does the work for you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think that's the biggest thing, right? When you can have a solidified community, right? And it builds off of that, right? They're going to talk good about you. They're going to bring other people. It's a, it's just a, a genuine, great experience. And I think what, what you mentioned before about, you know, being genuine, right? If people feel that, if people make yeah. decisions based on emotion and they're, they're going to continue to work with you and, and want to bring their friends because no one else is as genuine as you right. are. And that's honest right. truth. And there's a lot of people that, you know, they see a trainer and there's a handful of trainers that just give a bad rap with training where it's like they're posting their one rep PR, they're looking at themselves in the mirror, they're not even paying attention to their clients, they're just here to because training seems like a cool job, they can get chicks. That's not me. I started this because this is what I wanted to do. This is what I knew I wanted to do. It's like when you're a kid and you realize you want to be a firefighter, I was always wanting to train people. It was weird. So that going into this, it wasn't something I just turned to, it was something I've always been passionate about and I've devoted 10 years of my life training to get to this point. Um, so having the gym was getting the gym was the hard part. I didn't come for money. I wasn't successful at times with training as nobody's consistently successful. There's ups and downs, but once I got this facility and you're in the industry so long and you're passionate, like you should be, the program's the fun part, you know what I mean? And, and making that atmosphere and running it the way you think everything because through your time training or in the fitness world, you kind of pick and see all the things you like and didn't like, and then you, in your mind, create the best model for you. And if that's what you do, if you're serious, and that's really how it worked um, and believe that it's going to work. Cause when I did yeah. this, I was, it was either this is going to work or I'm going to be homeless. It was that, yeah. that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that back against the wall is what you need to push to that next level. Mm -hmm. Right. Where it's like, it's a fight or flight, you know, and then, you know, and there's a lot fly. of gym owners that it's like an ego thing. They got, they got money to blow. They got family money and they want to be, I own a gym and I want to picture me at the front. 
the, the most important person besides me here is my dog. I bring her to work every day. I love like, that. People come to see my dog. I named it Dog Pound. It's not about me. There isn't any posting. It's all about who's coming in here. And uh, I'm here for you, not for my own ego. And you run into that in the fitness community sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes you see it and you're just like, this ain't about the client. Yeah. It's about profit, right? They put profit first and about the clients. And when you put the clients first, profit follows. Yes. Honest truth. So awesome stuff there, Tyler. Going to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, but a good question in itself. So bear with me on this explanation. And if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know. So uh, in the fitness and gym industry, is about three pillars of business we use pretty predominantly, right? It's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, right? Getting people through the door. You have your acquisition, which is your sales, right? Getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Tyler, where do you feel like you could improve the most? The struggle that I've always had, and especially when you do a gym that's it's team training. It's not, it's not the privacy of just checking in with your headphones in and nobody talks to you. Like a lot of people in the general population, they're comfortable with that. They're not comfortable going into a gym where they're getting coached and it's, it's a, it's a training and it's, it's interactive like this. So the part I always struggle with is just getting people in the door. Um, it's not necessarily, I don't know what category you put that in. It's not necessarily getting people interested. It's them, 90% of people that walk in and work with any trainer, the trainer doesn't always realize it, but a lot of times they're scared to, they're scared to death. Like they're nervous. They're like I'm not okay. And I cannot get them through the door. So it's something I've addressed and tried different tactics, but it's really just one of those things. Um, you just have to be persistent and I wish, and I, I really want to find a way to get people in that door when they walk in, they're not scared. Um, they're not psyching themselves up and it's a tough, it's a tough hurdle to prop. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, which is, again, I, I went over the three predominant ones, but, but there's technically five. And I think the one that I missed out in between the lead generation and the acquisition is that nurture, right? So right. to nurture somebody to be able to get comfortable enough to come into the door. And that's what we were mentioning. So, and I appreciate the transparency there, Tyler. I think you can put success to the side and still admit that you can improve in certain places. I think that's a, a perspective shift for a lot of the viewers, right? Because they'd see 180 members and be like, man, this guy, yeah. if every, more you can do. <laughs> every message you got about wanting more information about your gym came in. I mean, I would have, I would be, but the time I spend just convincing people, hey, this is a laid back atmosphere. Hey, um, we're not going to, you know, run you to the ground, make you throw up. You say all those things, but there's still that one thing that just stops them from coming in the door. And I just, me, I just want to figure it out, but I can't. And with, yeah. you kind of mentioned, it, it's just nurturing it. And it's like these, I've had people talk about coming in eight times. I've ran challenges and they, every challenge they say, I'm going to come in. And I still, I still waste my time. Part of me wants to say, just get, can I cuss on here? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> and then I'll talk to you. <laughs> I've told you eight times, but they're just not ready. And it's such a, it's such an annoyance because when you get them in the door, if you have a good service, dude, everybody that comes in here signs up because it's so fun. It's so easy. And you work harder in a group atmosphere and you're getting coached, but just can't get them in the door. Yeah. Certain people, yeah, and, that hurdle. And, and it's completely understandable, right? I mean, I think realistically, and I've always said this, sales in, in, in the gym industry is probably one of the hardest things to do because you're selling that belief in somebody that they don't have in themselves. Right. And I mean, that's like, I mean, not to get too personal on air here, but I mean, that's like somebody trying to tell somebody who's Jewish to become Christian or believe in this. And you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's almost impossible. Right. Um, but when you have that conviction, which I, I can see you do, you talk about this like, like it's your baby. And you believe in your service, you believe in what you're doing. And I think it's, it's that point where you're so convicted and they have to, I think when you get, I think I'm pretty sure I'm 99% sure when you're the type of person where someone gets in front of you, they're saying, or they're good. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to. Yeah. Go. And it's not just, you know, I am passionate. I, I agree with all that. I'd like to agree with everything you said, but it's like when you're in it, working with a trainer, some people they've never worked with it and it's a better experience. It's more efficient. 
and it's more motivating. And if you've never done anything like it, you've got these misconceptions yeah. and it's just a great experience. Um, like I'll do one of my classes a day cause I don't like working out on my own either. And I'm passionate about like, it's way better. It's way efficient. It's not CrossFit. It's actual like training. Um, and being passionate is one, but, uh, getting people to be comfortable walking and especially when it's a team training gym, like gym membership yeah. for dime, a dozen walking in the door, they can kind of, they never get noticed. And some people love that, but walking in here, a lot of people are just kind of anti, I mean, sometimes I don't want to talk to anybody either. Yeah. Uh, but getting those people and, and clinching them down and getting them in the door is just my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's completely understandable. Again, I, I want to say I appreciate the honesty there. We're not going to exhaust it any longer, man. We have two more questions for you here, Tyler. My two favorite questions. What's the bigger picture for you, man? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? So doing it this way was the only option with the team training. Um, the real revenue and success as far as just uh, establishing income that Every class in these gym, in this gym, I have, I have to be there. It's, it's, it's manual work. So my next step is to build a gym where it's 24 hour access, uh, $100,000 worth of equipment and compete with the local plane of fitness, uh, things like that. And also offer the same passion where it's like, I'm still going to always be there. I'm going to add, you know, we're going to, talk to you about your program. You're going to know people. It's like a family. Um, but I have, in my mind, a lot easier sell getting people to join a gym as opposed to a training gym. So my big goal now is finding the spot and trying that for the first time. Uh, that's my, my big goal. And then from there, once that works, if it does, another one and another one. Yeah. And another one. I love that. I love that. And, and, and definitely not a small, not a small feat, but not impossible for you, man. I, I feel like you're probably one of the, the hungriest gym owners I'm speaking to in a, in, a, in a little while here. So great stuff there, Tyler. And I have one more question for you. One more question. My favorite question, uh, Tyler, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started the gym, what would that advice be for you? So there's a, a kind of dorky one that I would recommend, but then there's one that kind of everybody knows. So the kind of dorky one that I ran into is legality purposes. So we are DAWG. So when you're going through those LLC setups, um, it's not just the name being available for me. Dog Pound KC was available. There's a federal trademark. So if you're planning on really growing, there's a federal trademark. Um, that you know the LLC might be open, but if it's federally trademarked, there's a database you look at. So we were initially DOG, and there happens to be another one that's federally trademarked, different side of the country, owner's famous. And I didn't check that out. And there was a cease and desist letter somehow, some way, and they wanted us to change the name immediately. And when you invest, like especially if you're like creating logos and signs and painting murals, that can be a problem. Um, but the bigger one and the most common one is like, if you need a partner, an investor, a partnership is always, always, no matter how tight you think you are, um, if you're doing this with somebody else, just know that there's a great likelihood one of you two are gonna hate each other at the end. And luckily that didn't happen, um, but it became an issue at times. Um, so try to, if it's your baby, if it's your thing, do what you can to fund it and get it started yourself. Even if it's something small like this. I love that, Tyler. That was a mic drop of an answer. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out here, Tyler, I mean, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you may have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Sweet. So my name's Tyler Kent Maidment. You don't need to follow my page, but Dog Pound KC, follow D-A-W-G, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all those social media, YouTube. 
I actually like to just share fitness tips. I'm not 1099 for this. Like I'll get on twice a week and just share awesome tips, ways to help anybody tweak their program, help them out through those problems they're having. There we go. There we go, Tyler. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, man, I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. Just going to sign everybody else out of here, okay? Okay. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Ruhi from F45 Training in Houston, Texas. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, Brooke. I'm doing well. Super pumped to be here and um, talk. I'm excited to have the chance to sit down, have this conversation with you and learn more about what you have going on over there. Give me a brief backstory, Ruhi. What was it that made you decide to open up these F45s? Sure. So I come from an engineering background and um, I started my career with working for um, a very large uh, $1 billion organization. And then in my career, I found myself moving towards small sized businesses where I had uh, more influence and I have always had this curiosity for the entire business, everything, including operations, supply chain, quality. And then towards the end, my specialization became more on customer satisfaction. And so towards the end, I was more into startups. Um, I've always wanted to do something on, on my own. And um, I love interacting with people. Um, and so that brought me to F45. There was um, a few personal areas that I wanted to take as an example and create an opportunity. Um, one of them was I'm originally from India um, and I've lived in the Middle East. So fitness has not been um, my forte right from the beginning throughout the life. So every single time I entered a gym, um, I wanted to be welcomed. I wanted to feel like I'm part of a family or a community. And I didn't want to feel conscious or embarrassed about not knowing how to use a particular machine or not being able to do a movement. And I saw that as the problem all around me. Um, I was, you know, parts of several gyms for years and no one knew my name. I didn't know anybody, didn't know who to ask. So, so that's why I decided to open something like this where I could actually take a lead role um, and create influence and create more of a family kind environment where anyone who enters, they feel welcomed and they feel taken care of. I love that. I love your, you know, backstory and your why there. Like mm -hmm. you didn't really have a fitness background, but mm -hmm. you always had like this, you know, you wanted to feel comfortable when you were trying to get into the fitness industry and you really built this off of that. Um, that's yes. really wonderful to hear. Now you're able to help other people find that comfortable place to work out. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's very surprising to see how many of us, um, 
we are surrounded by people. Um, we have thousands of followers on Instagram, but there are times when um, we enter any place and we still feel lonely. And so I feel it's our responsibility to create um, space where people can create friendships when there is more face-to-face -face interactions and you're actually hanging out with people. Absolutely. Okay. So for a listener who might not be familiar with F45, and I think all F45s are a little unique as well. Mm -hmm. Give us kind of your elevator pitch of, you know, who you are, what services you have to provide at your facilities. Just kind of give us a better understanding of the model here. Of course. So F45 Training um, is an Australian company. Um, and what it did was it created more of a focus on functional training. So um, all of us are on our phones, uh, sitting, you know, with bad postures. And uh, so F45 focuses on how we can create more of a functional training to prepare ourselves for, you know, 10 years from now. Um, it is a high intensity interval training for 45 minutes. Um, it is a whole body workout. So no matter which day of the week you're coming, you are getting a super intense um, workout, which leaves your heart rate elevated for um, hours after the workout. So it's very, very effective and efficient at the same time. Um, it works on your um, endurance level as well and really helps in um, creating a balance between a, a body fat percentage and lean muscle mass. So, yeah. Okay. And is this all in the group kind of yes. atmosphere or do you have one-on-one -on -one as well? So it is all group fitness-based, yes. Okay. But with a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention. So every class, whether it's 10 people or 20 people, we have two coaches and throughout the 45 minutes, the coach's uh, job is to create that one-on-one -on -one connection and whether it's to motivate someone, encourage someone or uh, do a set with them um, or, you know, uh, fix the form and technique or, you know, provide progressions and regressions. Okay. Um, and how many classes are you guys having per day? Per day, we have around seven classes. So we are providing a time slot for people who want to get to work, um, who are stay at home employees, um, and then also after work. Okay. Got it. So in like anything during the hours the gym is closed like hypothetically if you had a client who was looking for one-on-one -on -one training and you had a trainer who was certified in personal training is that something that you could offer um we could offer but our primary product is a group fitness-based class that would be outside yeah. of the f45 model okay got it yeah, I mean, like for, for me, for example, like we have a CrossFit gym and of course mm -hmm. our group CrossFit classes are our bread and butter. That's what people mm -hmm. call us for yes. in that group class. But then sometimes we'll have somebody who comes in and they're like, uh, you know, I have this really specific goal. Mm -hmm. I have a wedding coming up next month. I really want to lose 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, like, do you have personal training? And of course, we want to offer them personal training because they want like a more direct approach. So that's yes. why, kind of why I asked. It's good for the business and good for our clients if we offer it. Yeah. One thing we do is we do these um, <clears throat> body transformation challenges where it's not just F45 workouts. Then we are adding <clears throat> body composition analysis on top and providing um, nutrition advice. Um, so it's the entire the entire product becomes like creating a shift in your lifestyle um, towards more of a sustainable change. So it's workouts plus the nutrition help plus the analysis area. Okay. I like that. Um, cause mm -hmm. fitness is definitely it's, uh, health and wellness is definitely more than fitness. So the yes. more value that we can provide for our clients, the better. Yeah. Um, so taking a look here into the memberships here, you know, uh, how many members do you have at the facilities? We are approaching 250 members at the original location. And then the, uh, the one we just acquired is a little over hundred. Okay. And with the with those membership numbers, are those a place where you feel comfortable and good, or are you looking to you know take on more members and help more people? So 
I can definitely afford coffee now, <laughs> but there's a lot more that's coming up. There is, um, yeah, we can, I mean, the capacity can be up to 400 members. So um, I don't want to stop. I want to keep the same pace going um, and I want to accomplish a lot more. Yeah, walk me through that growth process. Kind of let us understand what it is that you do to aid that growth process in finding new members to welcome to the gym. What are some of the things that you guys do to, to grow? Mm -hmm. So one of the things, um, in order to just bring more crowd into the studio, we do take help of online marketing and a, um, a strong referral process. Uh, but when someone enters the gym, um, we like to spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time understanding their fitness goals um, and creating a, um, a success picture for them, um, spending time during the entire trial process, um, letting them know that it's, you know, it's the entire lifestyle, um, and also letting them talk, tell us what their struggles have been, what has not been working, um, and where we can come and add help. So some people, um, they are very good with nutrition, but they don't like to work out by themselves. So we provide this constant push that, hey, we will be your accountability partners. Uh, for some people, they are very good at the gym, but um, their uh, eating habits are stopping them from seeing their own success story. So, that, so, so we alter and we provide more of a custom approach um, to create uh, to create growth in the sense that the members we do make, they are happy. And then we are adding more with the same value and the same quality. Yeah. So really, you know, you're, you're generating these leads and then mm -hmm. once you get them in the front goals mm -hmm. um, versus just selling them into a program. And that's a mistake that a lot of gyms make where it's like they'll welcome anybody just because they want good mm -hmm. numbers. And then they're not taking the chance to get to know that person and make them yes. feel like a person rather than a number. Yes. Um, and so your sales process is kind of playing into that in terms of like where the leads are actually coming from. Um, you mentioned like you do some, some marketing, what mm -hmm. else are like, Talk to me a little bit deeper about that process because I think that's the the number one thing that I hear when I'm talking to gym owners is like we're struggling to actually get people to come mm -hmm. in or like that's so, the hard part. Yeah. So so I mean our our primary um source would be online marketing. So just Instagram and Facebook and more customized marketing uh to people who are um within a certain um interests and um within a certain uh, salary level um, and, you know, people who are into um, healthy eating habits. So we create more of a formula on um, which people to focus the marketing on. Um, so that is primary source. Um, the other sources would be referrals. So having a good referral program, creating an incentive for the existing member base to bring in more of their friends and family and neighbors and anyone who they know, that would be another one. And then the third one is um, there are the community or anyone who is living around the gym um, within a bikeable distance or a walkable distance. Um, we are right now in that process to maximize uh, leads coming from that. So that'll be apartment complexes, that'll be um, owners of townhomes who are living nearby, um, local business partners, um, where the crowd is already going, if we can just set up a table over there and create more exposure that, hey, did you know that, you know, within two minutes of where you live, there is an F45. Um, so yeah, those would be three major ones, I'd say. And it's good that you have like three different touch you have the relationships that you're building with the places nearby mm -hmm. that's all very very important um we can't just throw all of our eggs in one basket and hope that that's going to be enough for us to grow yeah. um, so good to hear that you're kind of touching a lot of different areas there my next question for you ruhi would be 
you know, if you look at your business right now, we're all facing our own kind of challenges. Mm -hmm. What would you consider to be your biggest challenge related to business right now? And what are you and your team doing to kind of overcome that? So there are a few. The first one I would say is because we are in the city area, the formula is a little bit different compared to the suburbs. Um, we do have a lot of fitness options for every single person. Everybody is doing trials. Um, everyone has a, uh, you know, the next new shiny object to show. And so how do we create um, an environment where people are happy um, and not just going for the next new thing that pops up. So competition within a one mile radius, um, that is our challenge. So, so keeping the members undistracted and focused on their results and to be able to show them results. Um, so that would be one challenge. Um, the other one is I am always looking for great coaches and there is an abundance of coaches, but when it comes to great coaches, that is like, it's, it's, uh, it's becoming rare. Um, and so finding the right team who, who aligns well with the, uh, with the vision and the goals I have for the studios. Um, that's also been a challenge. Yeah, no, I think both of those are great points um, for us to discuss. Okay, there's a lot of things popping up. Um, and so, you know, we're going to deal with a bit of competition there, but yes. a competition can be a good thing too. Mm -hmm. of course. Um, and then you're also struggling right now with, you know, hiring. And I think that um, that's something that we also all are facing in our own unique ways right now. Yes. Um, you said you're struggling to find good coaches. So walk me through kind of what you try to mm -hmm find that perfect coach so we have done internships in the past we have um we have had um, a lot of coaches from different fitness backgrounds apply over here i think it really takes time um and a lot of um investment uh, of time and effort from our side to um to spend time with a um a potential candidate and then see on the other side um, if that was successful or not, because it has to be, it has to be um, a very um, honest and genuine um, effort. And then we should be able to inspire the coach to want to work with us and to want to create an impact. So one thing I'm looking for is if the uh, if if the candidate genuinely wants to um, help others. Um, so that would be one major thing that sometimes is lacking. Sometimes, I mean, I think, I think in this uh, world, um, the knowledge you have and the passion you need to help others um, can be rare. No, I understand that. I think a lot of times, like, we find trainers who have all the certifications and they mm -hmm. look great on paper, mm -hmm. but they have that knack for like wanting to just help people yes, or yes. they don't have those communication skills that like those, those little things like that, they can't necessarily be taught. We can teach somebody how yeah. to be a great trainer. We can get them mm -hmm. the things that they need, but yes. those skills are not something that can be taught. And I do agree that it's kind of rare to find those in terms of like, once you have an employee, so mm -hmm. you have them, what are you doing as a business owner to help them develop and grow um, as an employee? Yeah. Um, so one thing I do right at the beginning is I figure out what their strength is, what is their unique style, uh, what is their personality, what, what, um, what, what is something that brings the best version of themselves out? And then I really push for that. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the other thing is I'm very open in my management style um, when it comes to um, listening to uh, constructive feedback. Um, 
having an open channel where any of the coaches can come uh you know we we do the uh the SWOT analysis once in a while where i am asking the team that hey um where do you think um our opportunities are for improvement um and creating that open style um the other one is I like to celebrate with the team every once in a while. So um, we just had a happy hour for all the members and it happened to be one of my coach's birthday. So just uh, bringing a cake for her, uh, you know, that got her to smile and created a little bit of that special thing. Um, and anywhere where I can find um, any incentive when it comes to, I mean, a financial incentive or an incentive where, someone feels good about how they are doing and um, giving them a, uh, a high five uh, on a day they did really well. I, I believe that is also very important. These are all really good you know, points that you're making that help our employees feel seen. Mm -hmm. In the industry, it's really common where we'll have somebody who comes in and um, the the employer is just like, all right, here you are. This is your space. You can train mm -hmm. here. And then tells them to go swim on their own after yeah. that. <laughs> and they're not providing them with the resources that they need to be successful. Yeah. And so just by helping your employees, giving them the resources that they need, making them feel seen, recognizing their hard work, mm -hmm. um, those are all really valuable pieces. And I'm glad we had a chance to kind of touch on that. Now, yeah. my next question here is more of a loaded question. So typically it takes a little bit longer to, to kind of come up with an answer here. But if I could hand you a magic wand, all your dreams and goals for your businesses have come true. Talk to me about what that picture would look like for you. Um, well, if we're talking magic, I would like to clone myself and clone <laughs> some of my team members. So, uh, you know, we would have the same quality um at each of the locations and with additional 200 300 more members um i would say i would want to maintain the same vision but add a lot more execution um so all my dreams um if we're not executing them then they just stay as dreams so the magic would include a very strong team who is able to take my goals, take my uh, vision, and then put them into executionable little actions and then actually do it. Um, I would create a lot more bonding and environment for my members. Um, we do have members from three years ago where every single time I enter the gym, I get I get seven hugs um, and that is the environment I want to continue to create. So more of a solid one. Um, what else? Um, a lot more events. Um, I feel that all of us need excuses just to hang out. And I like to create these excuses outside of the gym. Um, and that's where we get to know another human being a lot more, um, which is like 15 to 30 minutes outside of the gym. Um, and then be there for people in a more genuine sense, um, have less of a fake behavior and more of a genuine care for the other person. Um, so yeah, all of these things. Okay. So mm -hmm. since, you know, you said you, you wish you could kind of duplicate your yourself there. Mm -hmm. um, what, like, what do you feel like has to happen in order for you to um, be in a position where you have somebody who can help you with the operational side of things? So I already do have a good team. Um, I would just want a larger team. And so I can delegate more. Um, so I have my director of training who's handling a lot of the stuff already. Um, I just want to expand his role, um, have more people under him who are exactly like him or very similar or work well together. Um, so I can just focus on um, you know, having my third studio and have the team uh, bring the studio to a uh, improved level. 
Okay, got it. So continuous growth of your team. Yes. Um, I'm very, very excited to see, you know, how you're able to continue to grow this. Mm -hmm. Now, will you ever have, like, is it your goal to ever have a third location, a fourth location, or are you like pretty happy with your two? No, I would love to have more locations. Um, I don't want to be extremely aggressive, so I compromise on the quality. So I want to take it slowly. Um, I want to be able to provide uh, the same care um, when I expand or as I expand. So I want to do it a little bit slower than some other um, some other owners. Um, and yeah, I'm not in a rush, but I am. I cannot wait. Let's put it this way. <laughs> I like that approach though, like have everything nailed down at each mm -hmm. location and like good systems in place, steady growth mm -hmm. before being like, hey, we're going to go open another location and then your attention is divided. So yes. versus, you know, just kind of take your time on each one. Um, mm -hmm. Great. Well, Ruby, it's been really wonderful like hearing from you today. Um, where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about what you do over there at your F45 location? Well, all they need to do is open Instagram and follow us at F45. Click the link in bio. There's a way you can sign up for our trial. You can look at our schedule. You can contact us, email us, and we'll be there easy enough thanks for being here once more listeners thanks for tuning in don't forget if you want to stay notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe and if you want to join us for an episode here at the gym lords podcast fill the link in the description we will be in touch with you soon as always until next time gym lords out thank you so much for listening if you found this content valuable here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free one, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.